Previously on Just Cow in the City. Just Cow in the City, 2023. Caroline's has been closing. I've been there twice since we last saw each other. So I bought my menorah to the comedy cellar. You can't hate Jews if you like comedy. Fuck the Jones! Fuck the Jones! You know, I'm taking these bikes during the winter. I should have special privilege during the summer when there's no bike. And she just walks right in the green room and sits down. Everybody comes to my door looking for wine. There's a handsome guy. And you know the plans he's making. His only expertise. Making a fuss of everything he sees. He lives a life no one would ever believe. And which is why they call him just cow in the city. He does what most would never do. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year again. This is Dave Juskow. Nice to see everybody in January 10 already. What? Boy, it really is. I, I'm still saying Happy New Year. Everybody's still saying Happy New Year. Well, they will until today. I think that's about it. But I'm still saying I said Happy New Year to the, the bum. That's what we used to call them outside. And <laughs> we have a relationship. And I said Happy New Year to the Dunkin' Donuts ladies because I have, well, actually, I still haven't seen them yet. I picked up some coffee today. Yeah. First time Dunkin' Donuts in about three weeks. And uh, then uh, I will say Happy New Year to uh, a couple people I haven't seen yet. You know, the, the newsstand people and everything. If you haven't seen somebody, you can still say, you can still get away with the Happy New Year. And at least it breaks the ice a little bit and it's, it's pleasant. These are the people in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, oh, these are the people in your neighborhood. They're the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. Because a doctor is a person in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. He's in your neighborhood. And, and a grocer is a person in your neighborhood. You tell him, grocer. The people that you meet when you're walking down the street, they're the people that you meet each day. That guy Bob from Sesame Street just died just before the new year. Didn't make it to 2023. Another person that didn't just almost made it to 2023. Not that that would make a difference unless you're turning 100. Then you're like, ah, come on. Then you want to falsify the record. See, he died at midnight, 2023. It's a MASH episode I saw years ago, so their father wouldn't die on Christmas. Isn't that nice? Well, I just got off the phone with our friend Lindsay, who just had a kid, and I couldn't have been happier, and she hadn't listened to the podcast. Remember, I was telling her the Kate story, and or I was saying that on the podcast, the Kate story, and I said, Lindsay, call me, because you know she knows all the players involved and the situation. And of course, on my birthday, I got to say, I think she's turned a corner. So I couldn't wait for her to hear. She never heard it. So I got to tell her the story today. And again, what a delight she is. And their kid is doing great. But she told me today, she's like, well, I'd really like you to come over and see the baby. So just get your tetanus shot. And I'm like, excuse me. 
And she goes, yeah, you got to get a tetanus, but you know, you can't, otherwise you can't see the kid three months. I'm like, your tetanus and whooping cough shot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, what are you talking about? Apparently, I said, listen, I've never heard of this in my life that I would have to get a, a, she goes, well, you have to get a tetanus shot every 10 years. And she's not one of those crazy vax people. She's not. She just apparently heard differently than we all have, unless some of you tell me you've heard this before. You're supposed to get some sort of tetanus shot every 10 years. I, certainly my doctor has never. I've seen my doctor for 20 years, and he's never mentioned it's time for your tetanus shot. The only thing it's ever time for is my colonoscopy, and apparently that comes up a lot sooner than you think it would every time. Boy, five years goes quickly when somebody puts something up your ass. But she was saying a tetanus shot. I said, well, listen, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I don't, I, I, I just don't, I don't want to get any more. I'm good with the vaccinations for now. So I guess I'll see the kid in three months. I mean, I don't want to be rude. And she's not being a, a dick about it or anything. And I kind of almost get it. But I said, I, I know a lot of people with kids and they never mentioned I had to get a shot. Although I think people mention nowadays, nowadays, you know, wait three months, then you can come see the baby. I know people get very uptight about this kind of stuff. Very uptight. But that seems like a logical thing. These days, you got to wait three months to see somebody's kid. That seems like, do you even want to see a kid less than three months? Do you? <laughs> Quite frankly, I'd rather wait till it's a toddler. I'm glad that uh, she wants me to see it, and that means we are friends. And quite frankly, she invited me. She's going to go out on her first foray this Saturday to see that movie because she loves going to the movie theater, number one, and she loves horror movies, to see that movie, Megan. Quite frank, I was like, oh, my God, I actually want to go to the movie theater to see it, and she's doing the right thing. She's going with theater in Harlem to go see it because that's going to be the best. You know that's going to be awesome. And I want to see that movie really badly, and I think that movie is going to make a fortune. It's that if you haven't seen the coming attraction about that AI doll, Oh, my God, it is so right. They've been promoting this for about six months with that little dance she does. It just looks absolutely brilliant and fun and scary and a good, healthy, not boring Halloween shit, like super fun that they put work and time into it, not Halloween. Somebody's going around with a mask and slashing people. This is a really great idea. It's just fun. It looks fun as hell. And I, I think it's going to, oh my God, I think people are, I think it's going to be like Top Gun in the sense of like it's going to bring people back to the theaters. I, I just, it's going to make so much money. Everybody wants to see it. It looks exciting. I want to see it too. I just don't want to go on Saturday. She's going with the people I, I feel, you know, I mean, I know she invited me and everything. She's like, hey, we'll go with seven people. I'm like, I don't know. It's awkward for me. I don't usually leave on Saturdays. I don't know. The whole thing seemed weird, but even though I want to go. I want to go really bad. Like it comes out today, uh, taping on Friday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to see it, right? I, have you heard about it? You have, right? Anyway, it was great to talk to her, and I told her the whole Kate thing, and I found out some new information on New Year's Eve. It was great. I went into the bar uh, I usually go to, and I saw this guy working there, and he was at the bar in question the night where Kate was apparently spewing racial comments. It wasn't just one racial comment. Of course, if you remember our episode entitled, what is it? I can't help it if I'm gorgeous, I think, about three weeks before we uh, took a break with my friend, my friend Kate, who, of course, uh, kicked me in the balls, hit me in the face, punched me in the face, and then tried to bite me, uh, if you remember that story, all about the stuff where I said, aren't you banned from this bar? somewhere in the West Village, 
And then she said, I am. They had a meeting, you know, all this. So the best part about New Year's, the best part, because we haven't spoken about New Year's yet, was finding the validation of this story and that there was a meeting. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's even more hilarious the whole time. But you know I don't talk like that. What I guess she meant to say was, you know I don't talk like that normally. She forgot to add on that last part because apparently the culprit was a gay black guy. This is what I, the information I found out now was somebody who was there. It wasn't a meeting. They just went around the bar that night. I guess they kicked her out that night, went around the bar and asked people what they heard or saw. And everybody said she was a tyrant against this one black gay guy. The guy wouldn't even tell me what she said because he couldn't even say it in mixed company. So it must have been pretty bad for them to ban her from the bar and she obviously said it so it there's nothing even more funnier than the story i told you with like but you know i don't talk like that normally if we added that part in just oh because i called you a kike one time you know you know i don't normally <laughs> talk like I, I i only talk in racial terms when i'm really drunk come on man you know that about me <laughs> i mean that story just gets better and better and it was great. I was so excited to tell you guys that I got the confirmation from the bartender who happened to be there that night. And it was but and that there was a meeting technically. It wasn't like a meeting in the back room, like in casino, where everybody had their oxygen tanks and then they decided they were, they need to get rid of a bunch of people. No. It was just at the bar and they asked a bunch of people who were there and saw and witnessed the whole thing. But people were talking about it and there was i mean it was a technical meeting and it's so funny that she is just unaware that she did any of this stuff and not taking any responsibility i mean you're just so much better off just saying i'm sorry the drinking got the best of me and i was in a bad place i mean in this day and age denying it is probably best because it seems to be working for our congressmen and all those kind of people, and it does seem to be working, so why wouldn't you give it a chance? But I'm sure she's not thinking that way. I mean, if this George Santos is still allowed to be in government, then why not go for it all? Why not be... Uh, she's better off just saying, like, I didn't do any of that, and those guys should be brought up on charges. I mean, she might as well just go the complete opposite way because it does seem to be working. What kind of lesson are we teaching everybody? It's just lying works, just lying fibbing uh, i didn't do that i mean it's, it's a classic martin short character from sctv and then subsequently saturday night live where he played nathan thurm this lawyer who always had a cigarette with the ashes all the way to the end going like i never said that no i didn't joining us now is dr elon spengler brother of renowned ghostbuster dr egon spengler and president of wastebusters Dr. Spengler, can you tell us why you're here tonight? Yes, I can, Julie. Will you? Yes. The current condition of Mother Earth is the greatest crisis in the history of this planet, and industrial toxic waste is one of the most serious threats. Our job at Wastebusters is to identify industrial polluters, track them down, and humiliate them. I've got one. You. You there. Nathan Thurm. Mr. Thurm? Mr. Thurm. Nathan Thurm, 
Why are you trying to avoid us? I'm not trying to avoid you. Why would I be trying to avoid you? That's so funny that you think that. You are Nathan Thurm. I know that. You don't think I know that? It's my name. I would know that. And you are legal counsel and spokesperson for Diversified Industries? No, I'm not. Your name is on the letterhead. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. I have it right here. Would you like to read it? You read it. I have read it. Then why should I have to read it? Because it's your letterhead. I know that. You don't think I know that? It's my letterhead. I'm quite aware of that. Mr. Thurm, are you aware that the industrialized nations manufacture some 65,000 different chemicals, some of which have never been thoroughly tested for their effects on the environment? No, they don't. Yes, they do. It's a proven fact. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. You think it is? I know it is. I know that. And are you aware that this year in the United States, 275 million tons of hazardous waste will be generated? That's a million tons of toxics for every man, woman, and child in the country. So what are you saying? That seems rather generous, a million tons per child. Oh, you think that's a bad thing? Yes, I think it's a bad thing. Is that what you say or is that what they say? That's what everyone says. I know it's a bad thing. Why are you acting like I'm to blame? Not all companies are polluters. Why am I suddenly the bad guy? You seem a little defensive, Mr. Thurm. I'm not defensive. You're the one who should be defensive. You're the one who thinks that hairdo works with that overly long face of yours. What does my haircut have to do with anything? I don't know. You're the one who brought it up. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> Can you believe this guy? Why are you always pointing the finger at other people? Why don't you point the finger at yourself? Do a little less reading, a little more primping in the mirror. What, you don't think you need that? That's so funny that you think that, and yet sad, don't you think? Mr. Thurm, industrial irresponsibility is directly at fault for thousands of pollution incidents every year. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. I know that. Then what do you suggest we do about it? How should I know? Maybe the government should have stricter regulations. So you'd be in favor of government intervention? I didn't say that. Government intervention? Where do you think we are? On the soil of Albania? People buy our products. It makes them happy. What's wrong with that? Is something wrong with that? I, I, I don't understand. If, if people are so concerned about the environment, then they have the choice. They can either buy the product or not. Oh, so you think it's up to the consumer to influence these companies? I didn't say that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You think I did? I know you did. I know that. Yeah, do you think being this literal is interesting? It's not interesting at all. It's rather boring. Look at your crew. They're dozing off. Look at them. No, I didn't. I mean, he was doing this character in the 80s, and then Trump, I guess, and a bunch of his followers perfected it, perfected it to a T. And you know what the funny thing is? I always say you got to hand it to that guy. He's just like, I never said that. It's so brilliant to just lie. It's just kind of not good for the future or the country's future, but it is a brilliant strategy. I mean, it's, it's up there with... You can't deny not talk about Hitler not being a genius. I mean, you can't. Somebody was talking about Norm MacDonald's old joke where it's like, Howard Stern was talking about it yesterday. He was talking about Norm MacDonald's joke about Hitler, and he's like, he went to war. This guy had so much balls. He went to war with the world. Right, watch the TV. I watch the news. Make you afraid of the news, you know? Put all these stories on Iraq, Iran, North Korea, you know, try to scare you, you know? But does it ever really scare you? Like, you ever wake up in the middle of the night, ah, North Korea! <laughs> that little tiny country across the ocean. I wonder if they'll get me. <laughs> Plus, didn't MASH settle that like 20 years ago? <laughs> Why'd I have to watch that stupid show? There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. 
I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... Uh, <laughs> In the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. <laughs> it had never been tried before. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win, but uh, no, it was actually close. And uh, Germany decides again to go to war, and again it chooses as its enemy the world. <laughs> and this time they have that guy, Schrankly, Schrankly, that guy. And I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his name, but I think you know what I'm talking <laughs> But you'd think at that point the world will go, listen, Germany. Here's the deal, you don't get to be a country no more on account of you keep attacking the world. What do, you, what do you think, you're Mars or something? Uh, yeah, then also that night when I came back to that bar, again, I'll tell you in a second, we went back to the bar and I saw a guy who works at that Barrow Street Owl house where we were. And I go, hey, do you know that girl, Kate? And he just gives me this face like, like oh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know her. And he's like, and then I told him the story. He's like, oh, my God. I mean, it really is great. It's one of the greatest stories ever told. And here's the best part about Lindsay is that we were t I was like, have you watched any movies or anything? Because she's just been hanging around with the kid. And we were talking about stuff. And uh, I asked if she's seen the new Pinocchio and then she's like oh we want to we're excited because she heard the podcast and she's like oh my god I, I gotta see it because I, I gotta talk to Jessica about it after because I gotta know because <laughs> uh, she also enjoyed everyone's favorite podcast the Geppetto rant and I told her no you should see it because uh, they solve all the issues that I had uh, that I took umbrage with so <laughs> I guess it's okay Oh my goodness! And of course, we both watched. Uh, she's. We have the same taste. It's so great. We both watched Emily in Paris. I finished that because that's what she's saying. What did she say? Um, we both feel the same way. Like we don't want to watch. Like we both don't like Law and Order. You know, because we don't want to watch stuff that's ripped from the headlines. We don't want to watch stuff that's that's real. We like to watch fantasies kind of i can't remember what the other example was but we felt similar so that's why we're like that's why we like emily in paris because this there's nothing going on there but she was in agreement that kate walsh stinks and she was the bad part and the show emily in paris third season suffers when she's in it and then they get rid of her and then the show is terrific again for all you uh, weirdos like me <laughs> that want to watch something about nothing then it would be emily in paris and after they got rid of Kate Walsh. And remember the reason I hate Kate Walsh, when people are like, like, oh, Kate Walsh. I'm like, well, I hate Kate Walsh for multiple reasons. Now, I've always found her attractive. But, and I think I might have told you this. I mean, the podcast going on eight years. I'm sure I told you that the reason I don't particularly like Kate Walsh is because she was a prima donna when we were doing the gong show 
on Comedy Central years ago. She was one of the guests, and I was obviously working on the show, and she held up production because she didn't show up on time. She was really late, and then she was in her dressing room for like hours. I mean, when she got out, she looked amazing. We'll give her that. But then Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, Bob Smigel, was so pissed, he just laced into her on the show. And they cut most of the really good insults out. He definitely called the C word multiple times. He was furious because he wanted to go home. And she was holding up production. Now, granted, it's just a gong show. So maybe if I was coming off my own TV series, I might be the same way. But that's what you get then. You get a reputation for being an asshole. But what's better than Triumph the Insult Comic Dog giving it to you but good so then she probably thought this is hilarious but i don't think she did and i don't think like i said they cut out most of the stuff he was really spewing it to her and it was really awesome and i wish i could find that footage but smigo hates her so he'll he'll always hate kate walsh so i think through him i hate kate walsh and if triumph the insult comic dog hates somebody then i'm on board too oh yes he's really good this rubio I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's Cruz. I'm sorry. See, I knew I was racist enough to be a Republican. <laughs> Dead. Senator, is it true you tried to shut down the government so you could go to a Nickelback concert? <laughs> Getting away. Ted Cruz did not respond to my questions. I have no choice but to follow him to his next six events. <laughs> No one in history has ever grown a backbone after arriving at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So true. It doesn't work that way, so you've got to be willing to take on your Senator Ted! Ted! Ted, I love your smooth skin. Tell me, when did Geppetto make you a real boy? So that's that. So I was glad they got rid of her. And then Emily in Paris was terrific, as it should be, as it's been for the last three seasons, because you just put it on and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what decade or year they're in. But remember, I told you, I love the fact that they're not wasting any time with COVID. COVID, what are you talking about? That never happened. We live in a a world in Emily in Paris where there's no 9-11, there's no COVID, there's no tropical storms, there's nothing. There's no mass shootings. It's this little fantasy you can just go to for a half hour where people are dressed really spectacularly that don't have that kind of money to wear those outfits. And why I would care about that, I don't know. <laughs> but you know me. I like the fantasies. And uh, action. You know, action the fantasies, too. I'm obviously, I'm really looking forward to John Wick 4, which is the complete opposite of Emily in Paris. But apparently I am a straight man. So I have to go back to that. And I'm not just watching John Wick for to tell people I'm straight. I'm watching it because I enjoy it very much. <laughs> I have a lot of problems. I got a lot of problems with you people. And tonight you're going to hear about it. Oh, and I wanted to tell you about that, that NFL. You know, I touched on this on my Tuesday show. And I don't know if you've been listening, but the Bills Cincinnati game was obviously everybody knows now was canceled because this guy almost died on the field now nobody wants that and i've been thinking about this for years because of the movie heaven can wait the warren Beatty, diane cannon charles groden jack warden this is off the top of my head julie christie i'm missing somebody else 
Oh, James Mason. Buck Henry, he wrote it with Warren Beatty. Hello, I'm Mr. Jordan. Joe, what's, what's his name in the movie again? Uh, Joe Pendleton. Excuse me, aren't you Joe Pendleton? Well, anyway, obviously based on the movie from the 30s, here comes Mr. Jordan, but then James Mason plays the angel who's trying to place Joe's body into another one. You should watch the movie anyway, because it's a classic Warren Beatty movie, and he's so good about, we've talked about that movie Shampoo, he's so good about mixing politics and comedy and stuff in a good, you know, there's a guy that's so good looking and, and amazing that did the opposite of Kate. Where Kate, where Kate was crying about that she can't help, that she's so beautiful, crying to the world. What can I do? I was born this way. There's nothing I can do about it, you bastards. No, no, here's Warren Beatty, who's just as good looking, if not more good looking than Kate, and did something with his good looks for the human cause. Now, did he sleep with a lot of women? He sure did. And why shouldn't he? He should reap the benefits. But he tried to make movies that were thought-provoking and, and made people think about what's going on with politics or the world or the way things are. I mean, it's really something else, this guy. You know, you start out just being good-looking. You make a, a movie like a Bonnie and Clyde, but then you make a Reds, and you make this amazing movie, pretty much his last movie, a Bullworth, which was really balls. And especially when you're, you're just Warren Beatty, you can rest on your laurels, but you still make a movie with some edge to it, let alone like we were talking about Shampoo, which I still couldn't believe still had all this stuff because even if he didn't write it, he was involved. He goes, this is the this is the way I like to do my movies. I like to, even the, the, the comedy portions, I like to have information about politics and things like that. And you got to respect it because it's, that guy could have just been in movies like Richard Gere and just done his thing and just been an actor and he chose to do more. Anyway, in the movie, Heaven Can Wait, he wants to be a Los Angeles Rams quarterback. I mean, it's so weird. And at the very end of the movie, and I don't mind giving it away, I don't care, because if you haven't seen it, that's on you. It's 50 years old, so what do you want me to do? At the end of the movie, one of the quarterbacks from the Rams is is dead. Yeah, the quarterback is dead. He's dying. He's dead. He's dead. And then Warren Beatty takes over. So I've always thought, like, wow. You know, this is a comedy movie, and the quarterback technically died, but then, of course, he came back, so it works itself out in your mind. But I've always like, God, that's going to be weird if that ever happens in real life. And then it almost happened on Monday. Now, the problem I have with it, yeah, I got a problem. It's wonderful that everybody's on board and they want this guy to do well. Nobody wants him to die. It was such a horrible accident. But here's the issue, and it's a pretty big issue that, we're not allowed to discuss because then you're an awful person. The problem is, and this is the problem, is that the NFL is in bed with the devil in the sense of legalized gambling and fantasy football. Now, I don't care. I couldn't care less. It's a dream come true that the NFL, for some reason, is okay with gambling. It was the smart move. They make a fortune now, finally. But for so many years, being involved with illegal gambling and having a gambling issue and and, and people like Al Michaels having to tiptoe around ever talking about a spread, meaning if you don't know that, well, we know that the Rams are favored in this contest 
to win the way gambling works. They yes, we know the Rams are going to beat not this year, but whatever the Rams are going to beat the Dolphins by some. We know they're going to win, but by how many points? And therein lies the fun in a way of gambling. We know they're more powerful. They're going to win, but by you know how many points? And that is the gambling aspect of it. And so for years, all these people. If this one guy got fired for you, you mentioned the spread, which completely exists because in Las Vegas, it's been legal for years. You're not allowed to talk about it. And then all of a sudden, it finally, this year, last, the last couple of years, it's been, it's okay now. Remember in New York, I mean, it wasn't okay. Now it's okay. Most of the places you can just legally gamble and they can talk about it. It's sponsored by DraftKings. You know how I feel about this. All they're doing, if you got a gambling problem, is shoving in your face. Hey, you got to... You got to make a bet. You got to do a parlay. I don't want to hear these words when I'm not thinking about gambling because I got a problem and everybody else does too. Everybody's got one now. Please, all you got to do is see this girl Kate in action and then you'll know there's a major problem in this country that's just gotten worse. And you're sitting there and you're talking about gambling and DraftKings and fantasy football and everybody knows the fantasy football ends on the week before the thing. Those are the playoffs. And they don't finish this game. And we're not allowed to talk about when they're going to finish. What is everybody supposed to do with their fantasy football? I run a football pool. What am I supposed to do? Is the winner of the week or whatever? They're not giving us any information. And I go, because we are concentrated on this guy right now. It's not about football. That's what they're saying all Monday night. Well, you know what? You've unfortunately made it about this other stuff. So you have primed us to say, no, it's not about, we don't think about them as humans anymore. This is just a gambling game, and all it is is about money and gambling, and that's what football has become. It is not about the sport anymore. You put that on us. How dare you say, like, you shouldn't be talking about it. Some guy said, what are we supposed to do? He, he tweeted it out, and the, the guy might get fired. He tweeted out, well, what, what, what are we supposed to do with our fantasy football, with our football pools, with our gambling winnings? What? What happens now? You're allowed to, you have to be allowed to discuss it because you put it on us. And it is completely two-faced to turn around and then just say, oh, it's not about football. It's not about that. It's completely about that. Now, these guys were obviously devastated. If you were watching the Monday night game, I've never seen sports guys cry in the middle of a game like that before. Something was obviously wrong. Did I want them to finish the game? You're damn right I did. I didn't know how bad it was with this guy. I didn't know what was happening. Nobody knew what was happening. I don't want to see any harm come through. Everybody says he's a great guy. Of course he's a great guy. You're never going to see the jerk-offs, the ones that you can't stand in football, like a Michael Vick. You want, that's what you want them to happen to, somebody who you know, kills dogs because they don't want to bet for him. No, it's always the greatest guys. That's the way life works. We know that already. Now, nobody wants any trouble for that guy, and it's, he's doing better now. The only reason I bring it up because he is doing better, and he was wondering if they won, which is so polite. I, I always picture, uh, no, we... <laughs> I always picture, did we win? And and Josh Allen, his quarterback, is by his side, and he goes, well, we didn't finish the game. What do you mean you didn't finish the game? Well, we stopped it after you passed out. You stopped the game because of me? Are you telling me that you stopped an NFL game? I don't want to be known as that guy. That's what I would wake up and say. Are you guys nuts? Now I'm always going to be known as that guy. That, that's what I would say if I woke up. I, would, I don't think I'd, I don't know whether I'd want, I mean, you know I love attention, but I don't know if I'd want to be known as that guy forever. And you're known as that guy forever. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just trying to say it the way it is. 
nobody wants this. Nobody wants harm to come to this guy, and we want the games to continue. But everybody's so confused; they're not giving us any information. The NFL didn't make a decision. Today's already Friday. The game's tomorrow. It's coming out on Tuesday, of course. No, the NFL gave us no information on what was happening. Telling us, are the games going on? Are they not going on? I'm sorry, but you, the NFL, have have told us we need to gamble on sports. You you went into bed with this, and then you're pretending like this doesn't exist. That's what's driving me crazy. That's mostly what's really making me upset about it, that it's just so two-faced. It's unbelievable. I'm very worried about this aspect of the country, as I know how bad gambling can get when, like, like with, when I'm watching this girl, Kate. I mean, it just like occurred to me, these new kids who are gambling, I don't know how it's going to end for them. We'll see five years from now. Here's some stories. Maybe I should do some research. It's kind of ironic to. <laughs> what if I bought down gambling? Wouldn't that be? That would be. I'd be the worst. But people would hate me. We don't think of them as people anymore. We just don't. Athletes. They're, you know, when you're running a fantasy pool, you just want them to score. If they if they get injured, you get pissed because then you don't get any fantasy points. You get angry in a, in a very strange way. Nobody wants anybody to get hurt. But you automatically have to get pissed because there's a lot of money involved or a lot of just bragging rights, and this is what it's become. And it wasn't like this years ago, but if it happens to somebody on your team, you get mad too for all the wrong reasons. I have to go now, Daryl. It's time. I can't stay here any longer. What do you mean? Well, I mean, at this moment, how does it feel to be Tom Jarrett? And when I've gone, you won't remember me. You'll be Thomas Jarrett with no memory of Joe Pendleton or Leo Farnsworth or anything that's happened. This is your destiny, Joe. You're back on your own road now. What do you mean I won't remember? Goodbye, Joe. There's a lot of confusion. Perhaps if I showed you the instant replay. Goodbye. That all being said, let's uh, move on to uh, something happier, which is New Year's Eve, which, of course, was not happy for anybody. So as you know, I went down to the Comedy Cellar, and nobody my age was happy. And nobody was having a good time. I think I think once you, quite frankly, I, I don't know if anybody likes New Year's Eve. I'm sure there's people that have nice New Year's Eve, but I'm pretty sure everybody just hates the obligation. And certainly when you're at the comedy cellar and you're at the comedy cellar every year and you're in your fifties. You just, uh, are we doing this again? You know, again, it's like, I always talk about, it, it's like the Jewish holidays or Thanksgiving. You're like, where was I a year ago? Oh yeah. Same place. So anytime there's a reflection in where was I a year from now and you're not doing anything, then it's going to suck no matter what it is, whether it's new year's or, or Jewish new year's, or, you know, one of the holidays, where even Valentine's Day coming up. Like, where was I? Oh, last Valentine's Day. I said, well, I'm never doing that. I'm making a date for Valentine's Day on February 15th for 2024. You know, but that never happens. I say that to myself. And, and then I'm like, ah, crap. I had all year to plan. And I didn't. Anyway, like I always plan, I like to leave the house before it gets dark. Because otherwise I'm going to get depressed or whatever it is. I don't know. So... I left, but I left a little, like I started getting ready while it was still daylight, and then I think I left around 5.30. 
Now that gives me, I was like, I just got to get through the next six hours. You know, just want to get to midnight and then get the hell out. So I went to visit my friend Vincent, say to give him something. And he was working at that restaurant that we went to that time where they have the $80 bottle of wine, but it's only $7. Then he told me that, what did he tell me? He was working there that he's been working there on Fridays and Saturdays. And he told me he was working in that one of the bottles of wine, I think they were selling, actually even, I'm like, oh, what is it, another $7? He goes, no, it's two. What? But you know, it's not just this place. All these places, these bottles of wine cost 2 to $7, and they're selling them for $70 or $80. It's so weird. I can't believe it. I guess I never heard of it before. I guess everybody knows. We never discuss it. So I went. I took the subway because I think it was raining. Right. I wanted to walk, but it was raining a little. It was drizzling. It wasn't raining crazy. I didn't bring an umbrella. I'm like, I'm not bringing an umbrella. I'm going to take my chances because I think I'll make it through. But I couldn't take the bike and I couldn't walk because it was a little drizzly. And so I took the subway, which goes right to where I need to go. And then I'm like, why am I taking the subway? This is going to go right under Times Square. But that doesn't. When it goes under Times Square, I guess it's okay. And it wasn't as busy as I thought, but there was some creepy guy on the subway, and I'm like, oh my God. First, he was spraying Axe body spray on himself, which was just going everywhere, which is awful, but then he got up, and we're all, you know, nobody's looking at him, but I'm looking at him because I'm nervous. He gets up, and he goes to the back of the subway or the front, whatever it is, but I'm in the back or whatever. He goes to the opposite side of the subway and just kind of stands there and is just surveying. And I'm like, I am keeping my eyes on this guy because this is exactly when somebody pulls out a gun. And I remember at this time, because this happens all the time, that the subway had just left the station, whatever it was, and it was headed to Times Square, right? So you're getting panicky. And the train is taking its time going through. Like, it's not just speeding away. It's taking its time. And I'm like, come on, don't you know we're in here with a crazy person? Remember, there's no way out, no way out of the subway. You were stuck, like being in an airplane till those doors open again, maybe one or one and a half minutes later. Now, nothing happened, but then he went back to that other seat again, and that's the kind of stuff that makes you really nervous. And they just were releasing pictures of the guy, the last guy to shoot people on the subway in Brooklyn. They were just releasing all the bloody photos so it was in my head of course it's new year's i'm going through times square oh my god so that was a to-do i also might have been a little high so it made it worse it escalated a little bit in my head but nothing happened but remember i have had problems with these particular a little bit of crazy they do get a little crazy he's talking to himself you know you never know what to expect everything Worked out at least before when I got off, but I when you're leaving other people on there, I saw some cops. I'm like, do I tell them? I'm like, what am I going to tell them now? The train's gone. And, and what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. He's just making everybody uncomfortable. And that what, what are you going to do? You just don't know who that person is who's going to make you. Know, it's just been so much trouble. And you know I hate taking the subway now, but there was no choice. It was the easiest way to get there. It goes right to where I got to go, right from my house. It It, it makes a shift and... Goes to the west side. It's really easy. So that's the problem. Subway's so easy. 
So I drop by, and then I'm walking. I drop uh, the see my friend Vincent for a little bit, and then I'm walking right down Fourth Street, and it's pleasant now. It's not raining, but it's been raining, so it, and it's a nice block to walk down. And I'm just like getting the night together, and I'm just walking, taking my time before it gets really in your face when I get to Seventh Avenue, which it did. And I go to the bar first because I was a little early to go to the cellar, have a drink, you know, say hello. And that's when I found out about the Kate thing, which was great. Then it, that made my day already. I'm like, this is already a good day because I got stuff to mention on the podcast. Couldn't wait. And then I walk in and Noam sees me. and He goes, hey, do you want to sing tonight? Because I didn't know he had his band set up there, but it was just him. It wasn't the whole band. And he goes, do you want to sing tonight? And I'm like, sure. He goes, you want to sing Summer Highland Falls from Billy Joel? And I'm like, sure. So we went off and we practiced a little bit. And I was, but then I was like nervous because I just wanted to keep drinking and I can't keep drinking when I have to sing. I got to be careful and I got to use my voice because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my voice. I lose my voice a lot from drinking and screaming and talking loud. So then it was like kind of ruined the night because I wasn't expecting it and I wanted to drink and I'm like, I got to take it easy, but I drank anyway. And then I looked up. What are the drinks that aren't going to kill my voice? I'm pretty sure Scotch will somehow. There's got to be something. I know like warm Grand Marnier works or something like whatever that's called, but I'm not going to get that here. And I looked it up. And they said, well, vodka soda is not horrible for your voice if you have to do it. I was drinking that with a little bit of bitters, gave it a nice red touch to it. And I just had a few of those. But I'll tell you, the whole night, I, I never got drunk. And maybe because I put it in my head, I didn't want to. But that's the second time in a row where I was actually trying to get a buzz and I wasn't getting a buzz from all I was drinking. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. I hadn't eaten anything, so I technically should have been hammered. But like I said, I put it in my head that I was trying not to do it. So I I don't know what's been happening lately. Certainly, I don't want to get drunk drunk, but maybe I did because it was New Year's. I don't know. I went, I, so, uh, I, so, oh, uh, that girl who threw scones at me was at the club with Marina. And I said, well, you know what? Let me make up. I know she's still mad at me, so let me make up. Well, she was a bitch about it, and she would not let it go. And, I'm, and she's like, D- you never apologize. I'm like, why? All right, I'm sorry if it'll make it better. But she would not accept my part. She wouldn't look at me. She was acting so immature, and I'm saying that, right? I said, you threw scones at me. And then you tried to kill us by running over that gas tank. She goes, I apologize for that. And that's funny because I was just kidding. You know, I know she wasn't doing it on purpose. But the fact that she apologized for it and that it was a real thing if somebody else was listening. So I was like, you know what? You're a real horrible person because you would not accept. I'm like, can't we just get it together because we're friends with Marina? No. And I'm like, "You're you're like the worst. I mean, I'm sitting here trying to make it better i mean why are you even mad at this i didn't do anything and marina later i was talking to her she goes yeah you just got you're usually you are at fault about everything but you didn't do anything wrong here and i don't know why she's taking it out on you and i'm like i don't know why either so she's given me the evil eye all evening and i'm it's bothering me a little, but I pretend it's not. And Marina says that's what was even bothering her more. She's like, there's something about you when you're goofing around, you're having a good time that just makes people angry. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I get that. And I think I do it on purpose because I know it's making her angry and it made me nothing happy. I mean, how immature to not make amends on New Year's Eve. How ridiculous is that? So, 
you know, screw her. I'm just going to go on with my evening because I, I, I what am I apologizing for? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't do anything. I just tried to help. And then she threw stuff at me and threatened me again. Well, you know, this is, happens all the time with me. So whatever the case may be, I, they have a, a, a big table set out for about 20 people, 25 people, gnomes, family and friends. And I'm invited to sit at that table, which I couldn't believe. Really? You know, you're going to let me sit? I said, yeah, sit at the table. Like his wife was like, just go sit down. And we're going to have this beautiful meal from Il, Il Milano. Il, Mil- Il, Il, Mil- Il Milano. I think that's what it's called. Italian, it was fantastic. The food was great. Very expensive. And I sat down. And I sat down next to my friend Harry, Harry Enton from CNN, who I really like a lot, and his girlfriend. And they both know my friend Miguel from CNN. So then, fine, so then, thank God I had some people I could talk to because I didn't know anyone else. And I'm by myself. And this is why it would be important to have a date on New Year's. I'm just by myself. But I'm talking to the guy on the right. He was very nice. Everybody was very nice, obviously. But I'm by myself. I feel like I'm at a wedding. But, you know, there's no problem. And I'm talking to Harry. And Harry's really cool. And like I said, they're, you know, they're intellects. They're CNN people. They're journalists and reporters and stuff. So they, they know stuff. And I get excited about being friendly with people like that because I myself feel like an idiot. So to be with people like that is uh, sometimes very exciting. We had a great talk. He's a huge Buffalo Bills fan, so I'm dying. I don't have his number. I'm dying to talk to him about what happened at the Bills game. He was so looking forward to it. And now, you know, they're not playing that game. So I don't know what happens. It feels like they're just letting down so many people and they're going to give this coveted number one seed where you get a week off to somebody that doesn't deserve it because they didn't finish out the string it's really weird but that has nothing to do with me or gambling that's just everyone else's problem i don't know how they're going to make this right where people are okay with this it doesn't seem very fair anyway it was great so then i heard from my friend miguel you know the, the next day and he goes, oh, i heard you hung out with harry and you know i was like oh yeah it was great it was great i was so happy that we all knew each other and you know, I told you I love this guy, Miguel, and I go to his house over the summer sometimes. We hang out. He always has a party or a barbecue. These CNN people are okay. You know what I'm saying? They're okay. Hey, you're all right. And, you know, I'm friends with the Fox business people too. So it's like I love being friends with people from both sides. That is what I do. I'm not one of those people. I'm like, I, I, I'm going to listen to what you got to say. I listen to everybody. I play both sides because that's the only way to be. I don't have any, nobody wants to hear my views. All right, yeah, I gave you my views on the NFL because I'm an expert at gambling and the problems it causes. So I gave you my views on that, but I can't give you political views. You've heard me rant off political views. I have none. <laughs> They're all skewed, and you you guys have told me. They're like, what the hell is the matter with you? What are you doing? Who are you voting for? For what? You don't know. You know what, you don't even know what you're talking about. What do I call myself? A, a low information voter? Was that what it was? I think I named a podcast that one time. Anyway, so thank God I got to hang out with those guys. The food was delicious. They kept serving me the the vodka sodas. And I was perfectly fine, but just waiting to sing. I'm like, all right, when is he going to ask me? When is he going to ask me? Then I go to the bar. I get up, and I'm just by myself. And uh, other people are singing, and they sound amazing. This big guy with this beautiful voice was singing. This girl, what was her name? It was a really funny name. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a good name, but it was not Melody or Melody, whatever it was. She was gorgeous, and then I'm like, oh, now they're going to... And he's like, Jessica, get up here! And I went up, and I sang, and I bought the lyrics with me on my phone because I was terrified. You know I know the words to Summer Island Falls, but I, 
I was so nervous I was going to forget. I Let me get. I wish I had known because I would have printed them out. So I hate looking at my phone. I hate that I'm recorded looking at my phone. I will show you all this on the bonus show, but I, and I think the, the voice held up enough. I don't think I sound that great, but and you can hear all you can hear is people talking in the background stuff. But I mean, everybody was while people were singing stuff because that's what we do. So I don't know. It went okay, and I'm glad I got to do it. It was around 11:30 by the time I got up, so I didn't have to do it after midnight. And quite frankly, after the countdown was over, everybody just left. Everybody just took off. It's so funny. I see that all the time, but I always assume at the Comedy Cellar or a bar, it's not going to happen. But 12.02, place cleaned out. Cleaned out. And that's when a tell came by, so it was cool. But let me just tell you this. So I'm just hanging out at the bar. We're just waiting for the new year, waiting for the new year. You know, I see a lot of my friends. So I got to see Nick Griffin, uh, not Rachel, uh, obviously Marina, uh, Dan Natterman, Lenny Marcus, who I hadn't seen in a while now. Now he's there with Leslie Jones. And they've been working together. And I've never met Leslie Jones. So I'm talking to him at the table. And I was like, I'm, I'm Mr. Birthday. Happy birthday. I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? He's like, yeah, Dave, I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, what's the, what's the gag? Why isn't he introducing me? What's going on? And she's not looking at me. And she's being really rude. Later, he told me, he goes, I can't talk when I'm with her. She's listening to my conversations. She's crazy. She'll, she goes crazy. I, I, I don't, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I got to watch her downstairs, but I got to do my own stuff. So apparently she's horrible. I don't know her. I don't really like her. I didn't really want to meet her. I just figured he would introduce her since it was just the three of us, but she won't even look up. She's one of those people. I never liked her anyway, and I get upset. I'm glad he's making money and working with her, but I am upset because I just wanted to talk to my friend Lenny, but he was freaking out. And he's got a family, and I guess she's paying him well, and I guess he's just writing for her, you know, but he's got to apparently do all these things for, you know, like hang around and watch her set and be like, what do I do and this? I mean, she's paying him. So that he's, he's working. He's working. So what are you going to do? I was just upset because I wanted to talk. I'm like, is everything, when I saw him after, I'm like, what's going on, man? What are you being like? He's like, oh, you don't understand, you know. So and I knew the Giants game was the next day, so if I was going to go tailgate, I was going to see him and, then I guess we could have talked more, but yeah, apparently this Leslie Jones, I didn't, I mean, I've heard pretty bad things about her anyway. And, and then um, somebody told me she went past her time, you know, all the other comics went and gone. So she's one of those people, doesn't remember where she came from. She thinks the audience is interested in what she's saying. I mean, of course, they're interested in a way because Leslie Jones is on stage, but then she's taking up a whole bunch of other comics that aren't under status time and they get canceled they just cannot even go on because she's gone on too long which is the rudest thing you can do as a celebrity is just be so into yourself that you forget where you came from and you go on for an hour and there's other people that have to go on and i believe they almost missed the countdown because she wouldn't shut up and that's really annoying but whatever. So I'm just like, geez, that's all the guy. I, wanted. I, I, I said, I came here tonight because I saw you on the thing. I hadn't seen you in a long time. He's like, I'm sorry. So I was kind of bummed about that. But all that happened and I was happy with the staff there and I was talking and everything was fine. And then finally the New Year came and everybody left. Then a tell came and I was able to hang out with him for a little bit and Ian and just we just hung out outside on the steps and took a great picture, which I don't have, which I need to get. Really, I think I left by one, but I'm telling you that place cleared out at 1210, which most places do. If you go to a house party in wherever you live, in Cincinnati or 
Iowa or wherever you are, Hawaii, most people, place clears out at 1210. And it always used to drive me crazy whenever I would go to somebody's house. Everybody leaves at 1210. I'm like, no, no, now's when the party begins. But I was like, well, if everybody's leaving, I guess I'll leave too. So I went back to that bar and I said, let me enter. I'll have another drink. And I saw some other people there. And that's when I saw that guy who works at the Barrow Street. So I got a little bit, but I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm ready to go. And I'm glad I made it past midnight because that was all I wanted to do. And I walked home. And maybe now it's about 2 o'clock. I mean, it was really early. Remember, I was hoping to stay out till about 5 o'clock, but I just wasn't properly drunk. And I was aware of my senses, like which wasn't fun. <laughs> I wanted to be buzzed and really messed up because it's New Year's and why not, even though it's most obvious. But for some reason, I couldn't get drunk. And I was just glad I did everything I needed to do and saw the people and sang at the place. And I was feeling good about the New Year and football was going to be tomorrow. It was going to be a great day. And it was a beautiful night out. It was only about 50 degrees. So a walk home was very pleasant. And the walk home was really interesting because, as you know, New York City isn't what it used to be. And maybe it is always been like this. I was thinking about this. Maybe it's always been it's always been a little dangerous, especially if you're walking home at two or three in the morning. And people say it's worse now. But maybe it's not as worse now. Maybe it's as what it's always been. But we just hear about things quicker now. And we hear about more things because it's not just reading the paper the next day or the news. It's You're getting instantaneous stuff, especially if you have that Citizens app or something, which, of course, I told you I got rid of. I couldn't take it anymore. Then I found out all this stuff that was happening in my neighborhood. I'm like, no, thanks. I'd rather not know. So maybe that's part of it. So maybe everything is the same. We just find out about more stuff than we used to. So I was walking home, and it was the best walk because everybody is, it was very quiet at 2 in the morning on New Year's. But of course, I'm not in Times Square. But even in Times Square, you know it's going to be empty there at that point. I've always wanted to do a TV show there around 3.30 in the morning while they're sweeping up. It's been my dream to go on one of the networks after the New Year's Rock and Eve and just spend time when they're cleaning up and have a talk show right on the street while well, we have to keep moving while the streets are. I've told you this for years. It's my dream. Because everybody's up at that time watching TV. You know, nobody goes to sleep early on New Year. Well, maybe they do now. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going up and you see all these things, mostly young people. I don't see anybody my own age, but then I rarely do anyway. So it's mostly people in their 20s still celebrating, but they're also not celebrating. A lot of places were closed by two o'clock. A lot of bars. It was very surprising. I don't know what was going on. I was walking up University Place and I saw a lot of revelers just being really drunk and trying to get wherever they were going, either going to the next place or going home. And then I saw people obviously fooling around, making out or people they met that night. And then I also saw people breaking up uh, because New Year's is a relationship breaker. All those holidays, Valentine's Day, all this stuff. Those are also relationship breakers, killers, birthdays, forget about it. Anniversaries, always relationship breakers. So you're like, where are we now? Well, I've been thinking about this. So it was really funny to see people like fooling around. And then you'd see like restaurant employees just hanging out because they had to work all New Year's and they were finally taking a break and they were crying or they were fooling around. It was really yin and yang. I saw everything just walking up that block and then into Union Square where it was really quiet, but there was also still people hanging around. And it was it was still a Saturday night too, but it wasn't. It just wasn't a normal Saturday. Because normal Saturday, there'd be more people out at two. That's why it was so strange. But a lot of people don't think to go to the West Village for New Year's 
So it was rather quiet. But it was a very pleasant walk. I was, again, surprised at all the bars that were already closed by 2, 2.30. Like already wiped out, closed, locked up. I don't know whether that meant they just didn't open for New Year's. Then I saw a bar that I usually walk by, I think, on 24th and 3rd that looked like it's now closed for good. Like a lot, I guess a lot of leases were up on December 31st. So a lot of new places just closed. It was a very strange walk, but a very pleasant one. And just kind of funny to see the different kinds of New Year's people, people had. So many girls crying on the street. So many. And then the other ones just so giddy. It, it's fascinating. And it's probably every night. I guess I was looking at it more being a special occasion, but certainly walking around the city that time of night, you certainly see a lot of a lot of different things. And it does make it really interesting. And of course, this podcast is called Just Came of the City. So it's important to know what's happening for me to relate what's going on in New York City to you guys who don't live in the city. Most of the ones I hear from don't live in New York City. So I need to tell you what's happening. And that is what's happening. That's all I have to say about that. Meanwhile, that Sunday, I don't think I did anything. And then Monday, I was thinking about going for wings, but then I was like, nah, I'm just going to go out on Tuesday again. It was just so great staying in, but I was upset that it was all over, but it was okay. And I went to work on Tuesday. I told you nothing happened all the week. Nobody was going out. after. I always used to like to go out on January 2nd. I always thought that was fun. I'm like, I'm going to start the new year off going partying every day. But uh, junior, January 2nd this year was a was a holiday, so nothing was happening, and I didn't want to go out. And plus, uh, it's been raining and raining, and it's, it's raining today. It just hasn't stopped. It hasn't been like, I mean, the weather's been nice because it's been like 50 degrees, but it just hasn't been nice. And Tuesday, we did the, the show, which I think was fun. I'm just going to put a stop on the football. I didn't think it was, unless, I'm like, let's not talk about football today. I'm fed up with this guy who's fighting for his life. Let's Let's take a break. I didn't care, and that was just like, it's week 18, nobody cares. I mean, we're keeping up with the stats for the show, but it's it's the new year. It's not the football show anymore. Let's move on, have some fun. Let's have some guests. Let's go back to the way we were doing it before uh, stupid football. So, so Wednesday, I was planning on doing something, because that's my Friday, and oh, oh, I, I know what it was. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, but I, I got to tell you. So I'm saying to myself, I, I, I really want to lose some weight. I'm like, when the new year comes... I don't want to have breakfast anymore at, at work. I, I, I got to just stop. But of course I go up there and the guy is like, do you want eggs? <laughs> I'm like, you son of a bitch. You know, I don't want anything today. I only came up to see if there was orange juice. And, and of course I get suckered in. And I'm like, can you make me a burrito instead? <laughs> He's like, yes. So he put eggs. I'm like, you know what? Can you also put bacon and tater tots in it and cheese? And he goes, Sure. <sighs> potato tots in the bur- I mean it was delicious but I mean for somebody that was trying not to eat breakfast anymore I mean well this one last time I mean are you kidding me I was full and I only had a salad for lunch I swear and I didn't even eat that because I was still so full it was a gigantic burrito around three o'clock if I hadn't gone to the bathroom I might have exploded I went to the bathroom and it was okay and then I was feeling bad again and I'm like I want to go out, but there's no way I can go out. I have to go home because <laughs> I'm not feeling well <laughs> in that sense. So I took the bike home. I got home as fast as possible, and I 
whatever. I, I mean, it's definitely that burrito. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, that was everything. What am I, what am I, I knew I wasn't going out anywhere. I'm like, oh, screw it. Because I try and eat a little bit better if I know I'm going out after. But I didn't have any plans. I didn't talk to anybody. So I went home and then I went to bed I, for four hours. I, went, I remember I sat watching TV at five o'clock and I woke up at nine. So I must have been a little sick, actually. Because, you know, and just, I don't know, it just wasn't right. And then I'm like, well, I'll just take a nap and then I'll get up. But I was groggy because I wanted to get stuff done. Ugh. And I just didn't. And then I thought the cleaning lady was coming tomorrow and she said, no, I mixed up the times, Mr. David. I don't, again, I don't know what that accent is. And I was so angry at her because the place is a mess. The cat's still bit, you know, I needed the cleaning of that kind of stuff. My laundry. And I'm like, no, if she's coming next week, do I do the laundry? Now, where am I? I you know, it throws me off. <laughs> it's my fault. I told her not to come last week because it was in between the Christmas and New Year's. I'm like, yeah, can we wait till next week? She's like, sure. But then I guess we're on the schedule. But I got to change that schedule because I can't have her here the day before the class starts because it'll be, I, I just need time to think. I don't know. So that all threw me off. And then Thursday, of course, I knew I was going to go see my mom. And I hadn't gotten the car in two weeks. I'm like, well, let's maybe somehow it's fixed magically. But of course it wasn't. I got there. The car wouldn't start. The guy goes, come on downstairs. And he didn't bring the thing because he knows I had that thing in the car. That little $50 thing my sister got me, right? So I set it up. I said, I said, here, you move this car out of the way because it was stuck in between all these cars. I'll set it all up, and I put the thing together, and I said, listen, don't touch it. The guy doesn't talk any English. I said, don't touch it. Just let it sit there for a little and let it juice up a little bit. Stop fucking with it. You're ruining it. I said, do me a favor. Go. I I don't know what he understands. I said, I'm not going to talk to him. Like, Go upstairs. That's not going to work, and I don't know. Maybe I could talk a little Spanish, but I couldn't think of it in the moment. It's just the same as the Billy Joel Summer Highland Falls. I can't think of the lyrics in the moment. I said, listen, go upstairs for 15 minutes. I go for 30 minutes. No, 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 15. Don't leave me down here for 30 minutes. Just come back in 15 minutes. It'll juice up. We'll try it again. So he leaves me in the garage, and I'm just kind of, I'm just, I'm like, this this, this is my, I took off my jacket. It was hot because it was freezing, and then it was hot, and I was sweating already, and I'm just sitting there with it. I'm like, and then I'm reading the directions, and I'm like, wait a minute. I think I've forgotten one thing, this booster button. And I had to put on my glasses and the flashlight to see where it was. And they, they told me exactly what to do. I pressed the booster button. They say, you got to start the car in 30 seconds. Dude, this all by myself. Car starts up instantly. Couldn't believe it. It didn't need juicing. It just needed this little booster button. And then it worked perfect. And I was just like, I can't believe this little contraption works. We've tried juicing it with car, other car batteries, you know, a, a kick-ass battery. How can this little thing always be starting the car? But it did. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like waiting for the guy to come back. And I'm like, I'm okay with just kind of hanging out and letting it juice up a little bit. But I'm like, well, let me move it closer to the elevator. So when somebody comes down to get me, <laughs> I'm just lost. And so when I'm, I'm driving it out of this place and it's really amazed nobody usually gets to do that because they're nervous about you hitting other cars but at this point they're like yeah let him do what he's doing it's really i was just laughing to myself as soon as i started the car i start moving and i'm i'm laughing i'm like this is so 
fucked up. This is so stupid. I pay for this parking garage and I'm just taking it out myself. The battery started. Now I'm just going to sit by the elevator waiting for them to come get me. This is hilarious. I just, I couldn't stop. I was like, I, cause I could just, if this was in a movie, I wish this could be shown to you. It would be so funny, a scene. And that's all I was thinking about. And I'm like, well, now I just got to wait for this guy to come. Meanwhile, this guy comes off and they zoom around and he's like, oh, cause I'm right in front of him. And I'm like, Hey, and he didn't see me. And, but then he pulled, I'm like, but there's plenty of room to pull a different direction. And then I said, can I just go in the elevator? And they said, yes. And I was like, now, do I have to give this guy money? He didn't do anything this time. I don't want to give any more money out. I'm done. So I got in the elevator. I went up. This other guy pushed the button for me, and I just left. I never saw the guy again. He was probably like, wait a minute. He just got his car out. I couldn't believe how I, I just can't believe that stupid thing worked. I went I saw my sister was there at my mom's. I'm like, thank you. That thing you got me. I don't, I don't understand why it works so well. I charged it again at my mother's house, so it's ready to go for the next time. And it, I don't know. I put some power steering fluid in, even though I know that's going to bust on me at some point because it was working fine, and then it wasn't, so I put some more fluid in. I, I don't know. I, I know it's going to break down. I forgot to get the car. Oh, so I heard, I was going down the turnpike, and I hear rattling, and I'm like, oh, God. I finally turned the radio off at one point. I'm like, oh, God. And then I realized the um, the hood was open. <laughs> I made it all the way in the term. I'm like, wait, it looks like this hood is about to fly. I guess I didn't lock it. I thought I did, but that's what the rattling was. And also there's this bar that holds the battery down that the screws are all rusty. So they pop, So there's nothing that holds uh, <laughs> The car's such a mess. That's what I'm telling you. I kind of wish it, I had kept it on the street and it blew up that day. I mean, the, the car is still running fine, but it is on the cutting edge of just something really bad happening. But it's running fine, and there's no other way to see my mom. There's, see, if I go to the college, there's plenty of way. You know, I just take the, the train, but to my mom's, there's no train that goes there or anything. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess if I got rid of it, I'd save money by not having the parking garage again. So then I guess I can just take Ubers. I mean, if I'm paying $400 a month for the garage, but the Ubers would cost... Well, depending on where I go, like even if I wanted to go out after and just kept taking Ubers to the, tr- yeah, probably equal about four hundred dollars a month. <laughs> There's no way to win. <laughs> well, there would be no more car repairs, I guess. So I don't know. And then afterwards, I just I left my mom's and I called a couple people because I wanted to hang out after. And but I just wasn't sure because again the weather was kind of crappy again. It just wasn't a pleasant night. But I didn't want to go home. And my time is limited because I'm not going to be able to do that on Thursdays anymore because I'll be teaching. So I wanted to see some people for the last couple of weeks and nobody was around. I didn't feel like going all the way to the shore, I guess. So I went to that, get to that cider place and it was closed. They changed their hours. I could have totally gone there before I saw my mom, but I got there at 5.05 and they were closed. And I finished the cider thinking I was going to get it because it's so goddamn delicious. And then I went to Barnes & Noble, which is like my favorite place to go. Because I can't believe it's still open. I bought this new book. What is it called? The Seven Brides of Something. The girls at work told me about it. I'm like, are you sure I should read that book as a man? (laughs) Of course, Manning, quote. So I'm reading a new book because I finished that housemate. I think I'm just reading girls' books. I got to ask a guy's opinion, but I don't know whether guys read books anymore. 
And I don't know what they read, but I'm just looking for opinions because I want to start reading more books and I'm enjoying it. So I bought this book and then I realized, hey, you know what? I, I haven't gotten Kevin Nealon's book ever. And it came out, I think, in October. So I asked them if they had it, but they didn't have it. And they said they could order it. And I'm like, well, I could order it myself. But I, I wanted to buy it at the bookstore and then take a picture and show them that I bought it because I really want it. I thought it would be fun to actually get it at a bookstore, which it is fun going to that damn bookstore. And you know what else I bought? Oh, my God, that's right. I bought a recipe book, like a magazine of the Food Network recipes. I'm like, I got to start. If I'm going to cook again, I got to stop making the things I'm making. They're fattening. They're they're easy to make, but they're just, I, I have like three dishes I make, and I want to branch out. I, I, I'm reading like a couple of the recipes. I'm like, well, this looks good. I'll make this. And I don't recognize the ingredients. They're too, I've never heard of, you know, I just want to talk about, like what's what's an example here? Um, well, you guys are going to make fun of me because you're like, well, how could you have never heard about these before? But I'm like, we're in this feta pasta with shrimp and ozu, which looks good and it looks a little healthy, I guess. It says like block sheep's milk feta cheese. I'm like, what the hell is that? Ten ounces of kava tapi. About four, what? What is? I don't even know what these ingredients are. And I'm like, why didn't I look at this before? And then a quarter cup of ozu? What is that? I don't know. I'm trying to expand a little bit, and I don't understand any of these ingredients. I'm like, where do you find that? Look at this one. This is uh, sesame roast chicken. Now, obviously, I would like that. It's a little Asian kind of thing going. A quarter cup of guchagong. What? Guchagong? Guchagong? No, guchagong. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Kimchi, I, I know what that is, at least. I don't know where that goes. I mean, the, the, every thing I saw had an ingredient I've never heard of in my life. I'm sure you're all making fun of me now, but I'm telling you. And so then I decided, all right, here's what I re- here's where I bought the magazine. I saw this delicious tofu katsu with broccoli slaw. I love katsu, right? But tofu katsu, it's good for you, right? I guess. So let me give that a try. Well, you know, it's an extra firm tofu. I don't, what's the difference? I mean, I think I, I don't even know where tofu sold in the store. I've never actually bought it before. And then where, where was the one that, oh, one and a quarter cups panko. Panko? I thought that was a game of chance in Atlantic City. What the hell is this? Were they mentioning these things? I've never, katsu sauce? I didn't, katsu sauce? I mean, I, they, they must have it at that stupid Japanese place where I go. They, they tried to kill my stomach with that opposite of the uh, whatever that stuff was. And then spaghetti with turkey marsala meatballs. I'm like, well, that looks good. 12 ounces of cremony mushrooms. What is cremony mushrooms? And then a half a cup of panko again. What the hell is panko? One cup of dried marsala. I, I don't even know what marsala is. I didn't know it was an ingredient. I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know what I thought Marcella was. One of these, one bunch of watercress. What the hell is that? I mean, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it is. I don't understand how they're having these ingredients with these recipes with ingredients I never heard. It's just a stupid Food Network magazine. It's not Bon Appetit. Well, like I said, I guess I haven't changed my recipes in the past 30, 40 years. And now they have new ingredients. I'm sure they have all these at Trader Joe's, I guess. You know I hate shopping in there. So if I'm going to cook on Saturday, I mean, 
Yeah, do you have any panko? Now, you guys are probably making fun of me. They're like, dude, panko's every... Well, I've never heard of it before, and I'm sorry. Like I said, I cooked, what, three things. I cooked the uh, the chicken, uh, what's it called? Imperial chicken, which only has ingredients that were invented in the 80s. And then I cook, and then I make tacos. And that's pretty much where it ends. Uh, once in a while, I make a tuna noodle casserole which obviously only has ingredients from Better Homes and Gardens, a cookbook from the 60s. <laughs> and what's what's the other thing? Oh, sometimes I'll make sweet and sour meatballs, but that's also ingredients from the 80s, from a cookbook that I got in the 70s and 80s. In fact, half of the ingredients from the cookbook that I have from the 80s don't exist anymore because they're like LaCroix products from the 70s. <laughs> so if I'm going to up my game, I'm going to have to up my supermarket intake i think if i lived in new jersey and i was at a really good supermarket they probably have it everywhere but with these recipes i probably have to go to three different stores i would have to go to my regular grocery grocer i'd have to go to trader joe's and i'd have to go to that little japanese market on 59th street that's just for that one recipe which is fine but for, you know cooking for yourself you really want to make that big of a deal it's not like i'm cooking for any people but i guess that's what i'll do Just follow my lead, Harry. I've been on TV for years, so I'm kind of a pro. Yes, the very famous show Suits. Yeah. And everyone does reality TV now, so don't worry about this being a step down for me because it's not. I wasn't until you just said it. Plus, it's a really good platform to promote my brand. What is your brand? Oh, I don't know. I'll think of some piece of crap. Let's just start filming. We've been filming. Oh, fuck. I just want to leave you with one thing. This Prince Harry, I mean, this guy's getting out of goddamn, this guy's out of control. I mean, this Harry and Meghan, they're just making a mockery of everything. Now he's got a book coming out. The Netflix special isn't enough. They're just trying to take down the royal family. And so in a way, maybe they should, because we all know that Prince Charles or King Charles is a dick. If you watch The Crown and what he did to Diana and pretty much caused her death in just a, a traumatic, the way he treated her and all that kind of stuff. So we all hate. King Charles, if you ever watch The Crown, then you realize they were just such dicks to her. And they're being this way to Meghan Markle, too. But uh, for some reason, she's got it coming. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Because now you know what to expect. You're going to go in. Because Prince, Prince Harry was saying a lot of girls didn't want to marry because they didn't want this trouble. This girl was asking for the trouble. And she knew I can get him away from this. I just don't know why you need to. You're already doing the Netflix. You also need a book saying how horrible my dad is and all this kind of stuff. Is this necessary? He's like, well, I'm hoping to reconcile. How are you hoping to reconcile if you're going to put a book out on how awful my parents are, my family, my father, my grandmother? They're all so awful. I don't know. This bothers me. But this is what happens when you marry someone everybody hates. I was just reading about Journey. Neil Sean from Journey is in a fight with Jonathan Cain's wife, Paula White Cain, over something or other. But, of course, this is all Spinal Tap stuff. You know, we all hate Janine, David St. Hubbin's wife or girlfriend. Well, whatever the fuck she is. But they're fighting over it. So it's just kind of funny that the the guys in Journey are fighting just the way the the royals are. <laughs> That's what happens. You add, in, uh, you add in somebody that doesn't fit in the mold. And believe me, I could have done that 10 times over to all my friends and family. And I chose not to. There could have been some girls I could have married that people would have just been really angry about and it would have changed our dynamic. But I said, I don't want to, 
I don't want to be that guy that ruins our, whether family or friend dynamic. So I'm not going to marry the crazies, even though I might have been, eh, would have been happy, but I think I wouldn't have been happy if everybody didn't like my wife. You know what I mean? I'd have to be really head over heels for that. And then I'd be nervous that I wasn't seeing what everybody else was seeing, and that would make me even more nervous. So fortunately, that hasn't happened. And meanwhile, that girl that I did ask to marry, oh, she would have been beloved. People would have worshipped her. That would have been a perfect mate for me. Everybody would have liked her. Everybody did like her. She was a joy. But she's dead, and that's that. She's not coming back, and there was nothing we could do about it. Real greaseball stuff. I'm sorry. I'm doing uh, good, fellas. I can't help it. This is what I do. You know, from last week, I go to the movies. I go to the movies. I, get... I was thinking about that the other day. My Movies have kind of ruined my life because I can't think of anything else. Even when I'm in a relationship, if I'm doing something, I'm only thinking about this isn't what happens in the movies. This isn't right. And I can't take this seriously because I've seen too many movies about this. I'm a mess. But that's all right. That's why you love Just Cow in the City, and that's why we're here. Am I right or am I right? I'm completely right. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed another quality episode of Just Cow in the City. I hope I didn't make you too mad, or uh, I hope you had a few laughs to the way to have, because that's the best thing of all. Don't forget, next week, or this week, today, we have the Comedy Cellar show. I think we're going to be at the actual Comedy Cellar. You know how that goes. I'm trying to invite a guest. But this happens all the time, so I can't tell you what's going to happen, but I can tell you we will be on the air as normal at 6 o'clock. And Billy Joel, I don't even know what's coming out this week, but you know it's going to be good because every Billy Joel episode, even the bad ones, are good ones. Am I right? So follow us on Billy Joel A to Z. Follow me on Instagram and definitely sign up for Patreon if you'd like. I would like that very much. There will definitely be a big bonus show today. And... I don't know. We'll see where that goes. I was going to mention that somebody had mentioned, well, you should do a, a free podcast and then you should do one for the fans. But I feel like the bonus show is the one for the Patreon subscribers. So I'm not sure. I, in fact, that's a better show than anybody else's on Patreon does because I'm showing like photographs and stuff. It's like it's more multimedia friendly. It seems like I put more work into all the people that are have more Patreon subscribers than I do. That's I will stick to that. And I'm sure you agree with me. Maybe it's not as flashy, but I I think it's pretty good. I think it's a good companion to the podcast. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If you want something else out of the Patreon, tell me. Anyway, I think next week I might make a big announcement. I can't decide. We'll see. I don't know. I was saving it up for a day where I don't have that much going on, which was today, and then we talked for an hour and 15 minutes anyway. So what are you going to do? Folks, I had a great time talking to you. Again, happy new year to everybody. It's the last time I'll say it, and we'll meet each other again. At the, uh, what is that, after Martin, what what are we talking about? Next time it's after Martin Luther King Day already? Oh my God, that was fast. All right, see you next time, everybody. I'm Just Gale, the city. Good night.